Welcome to another edition of the SC Times Sports Report podcast. My name is Zach Doyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host Brian Mosey. Brian, another Wednesday. We're staying on schedule. We're doing great so far this year. Um, getting to talk about sports. How's your day going? It's good. Um, yeah, no, I'm, it's kind of nice to be back in a rhythm of things again. Um, we've, we've finally got like the first two, three weeks on, underway for high school sports and starting to get nice to like know that, okay, I got to do this on Tuesday, this on Wednesday, this on Thursday. Um, but yeah, overall, it's been good. It's been a, been a good day and looking forward to a nice podcast up ahead. Yeah, instead of floating through the wilderness, we're finally regimented again. And that starts with this on Wednesdays and also uh, football every Friday, basically. So um, we were out at football again last week. We'll talk a bit about that in the first section of the podcast, as usual, with kind of our picks, um, kind of our takeaways from last week and uh, predictions of what's ahead. Um, and then the second half of the show, we'll talk a little bit more about um, some soccer and volleyball matches and games we were at uh, at the end of last week and then also beginning of this week. Um, and touch on a couple college news and notes before we round out the show. So, uh, Brian, we'll start out today um, with our picks. As I said, what what game do you want to start with? Let's just go down the order. We'll start with uh, the Palace opening at Recori with Apollo at Recori uh, this Friday at 7. Yeah, the opening of Blattner Stadium, which I still don't know how many millions of dollars, but I know it's insert number millions of dollars. Um, <laughs> that they were able to raise for this. I've seen pictures on social media. I've seen it kind of come together, but it just looks incredible with kind of the support that those towns have put together to, to make it a reality. So they'll get to open that on, on Friday, I believe at six o'clock, I think is the ribbon cutting or a little bit before then they're going to have a lot of um, activities, things going on before. And I know they're already selling, like telling people to buy tickets online for this because it's going to be long lines to get in to make all that happen. So, um, the atmosphere is going to be amazing. I know that. And to have it be a local matchup, too, I think will be uh, really exciting. Yeah. And uh, from what I've heard is that, you know, everything's in place. Everything's good to go. The only thing that might not be ready to go is um, the seats. There's like certain seats that that they have for um, people that like donate a certain amount of money or um, kind of like season tickets in a sense, I would say. Um, but they don't have those ones ready yet. But they're hoping that after going on the road next week and then playing at home against Hutchinson for homecoming, they'll have the seats ready for that for that game. So, uh, but otherwise, everything else looks beautiful. Um, I drove over there. I don't know. I think it was like Sunday, Saturday or Sunday. Looked absolutely gorgeous. So, um, I, I mean, it should be an exciting night for uh, Ricori fans, and um, I'm sure. After talking to all the Recori guys after the game, everyone's excited for this matchup and, and getting ready for, for that home home atmosphere again. Yeah, and besides just what the stadium's going to look like, I, I expect it to be a really great game, too. Two teams coming off of wins. Um, you being at that Recori versus Sartell game where it was a 20 nothing win, and then Apollo, which uh, we both kind of projected, and they really came through on the road last week against Big Lake to win 35 to 12, snap that 15 game losing streak um, and really get back on track and show a lot. So um, I guess first from that Ricori Sartell game, um, just give me a little more, um, you know, knowledge on what happened in that one, um, what you kind of take away that you can see for, for this game. 
Yeah, there is a football game happening at that at that game <laughs> on Friday night. Forgot about that. Um, yeah, no, the the Ricori Sartell game, like you said, twenty to nothing victory for the Sabers, or not for the Sabers, for the Spartans. Um, they they were coming off a win against Delano in overtime in Week One, um, so now they have a two game winning streak heading into um, this upcoming Friday's matchup against Apollo. The biggest thing was heading um, into that first half was just a defensive battle. Um, Ricori did get one one touchdown um, in the second quarter, but for the most most part of it, it was just a defensive battle between both of them. Um, you know, it was it, you would maybe get like a nice break, maybe a punt would kind of get shanked, and it would maybe give you some really good field position, but then that defense would come back and be able to like just bite you. Um, so. It seemed like it wasn't really doing much on on either side. Um, the the eight to nothing lead came from uh, from Blake um, Tulunki, um, who ran it in for a four yard touchdown. Um, and um, then they after that they went into into the half with that lead. In the second half, the offense started kind of forming a little bit. Um, the first two drives that they had both resulted in touchdowns. Um, and they were kind of on a roll uh, after that first half. Um, Jack Spanier found Hunter Hunter Nissler for a 15-yard touchdown, and then Luke Van Erp ran in for a one-yard touchdown to get those two um, scores and make it a 20 to nothing game. Um, but overall, I mean, the big the big takeaway was Jack Spanier. He had a really good night. Um, had 210 passing yards. Um, Luke Van Erp also had 109 rushing yards on 20 rushes, and he also had a touchdown. Um, and then you had Nissler, who was who had fought seven receptions for 75 yards. So overall, a really good offensive production. Um, on top of that, you had the defensive side where Grady Notch came in. Um, he had to actually kind of replace a player because um, due to injury um, throughout the week, and so he actually kind of had to step up just in a very different role. Um, and he, and from what James Herberg said was he did a really nice job doing it. Um, he had, I think seven tackles overall and then Will style and Jaden Lopau each recorded seven tackles as well. So just overall a really good night for, um, the Spartans that defense was key. Um, I know giving up, you know, a lot of points to, to Becker was not an ideal way to start off your season. And so coming back and only giving up seven to Delano and then zero against Sartell, just a big confidence boost for the Spartans defense as they head into um, what is now week three um, for Apollo. And, you know, knowing Apollo got that win against um, Big Lake, I'm sure there's a lot of confidence, but also, you know, the defense for Ricori is very confident that they can get a nice scouting report and be able to, be able to shut down those Eagles as they get ready for that homecoming of a game. Um, not actual homecoming, but um, the first home opener of the game uh, or, or of the season for the Spartans. Yeah. You know, they've been on the road three games, came away with a two and one record during that stretch, only lost to number two ranked team in four A's. So um, you can't be too upset by that. Ricori, it's almost weird to think just because they did lose that first zero week, but they still are ranked fifth in class four A. So they still are, you know, a top five team and they're going to be playing Hutchinson, who's number one in a couple weeks. So um, still a couple games to 
kind of tune up or be ready for that matchup, well, that is going to be the big battle in this one is the Apollo offense for Corey defense because Apollo has more than basically any other team that, that we cover in the area been able to do kind of whatever they want offensively and just a really explosive way with Andrew Carls, um, especially uh, just being able to throw it around to Trevin, uh, Trevon Roaring and also um, Mock Root. Um, they both have had 100-yard receiving games, two touchdown games. Um, you know, against Big Lake especially, they just were able to do kind of whatever they want, and Andrew Carls has been able to throw for huge numbers through the air, um, be a weapon out of the backfield, rushing the ball too when they need in big moments. Um, so, I mean, it, they have a lot of weapons um, that they're really confident in that have shown they can do it. Um, coming off such a tough loss to Wilmer, 19-18, to 18, who I believe is in the top 10 as well, was in the top 10 in the last poll. So Apollo barely lost to a top 10 team before, um, came back with a win the following week, and then we'll see what they can do against another top 10 team this week. So um, they already played the number one team week one as well. So like we mentioned on here, I mean, Apollo, they, they get a tough start, but it's clearly already kind of paying dividends with what they're able to do. So um, moving to the pick portion, Brian, what's going to be your selection in this one? So Dave and I are both agreeing. Um, also, before we start, Dave is still in the lead. Um, he just whipping it up here real quick. Um, he is currently at eleven and three. You are at ten and four, and I'm at eight and six. So I need to kind of get the ball rolling a little bit. Um, but I am going to agree with Dave, and we're both picking. Ricori for this matchup. Yeah, I'm also going to be picking Ricori just with, you know, everything around it. I still haven't ever seen them lose on their home field. I don't think no. So I mean, it's it's another one of those kind of have to see it to believe it. I know the last two years they, I believe it's the last two years they haven't lost on their home field. They've outscored teams by like 220 or something, just insane and i know the last time these two played was two years ago it was 34 to nothing i don't expect it to be anything like that this time um i expect it to be a little bit a, well, a lot of bit tighter it'll be interesting to see if it's really a low scoring game or if um apollo is able to score on offense and ricori has to kind of step up their offense which seemed to show a lot more traction last week than the first two weeks they went from you know zero points 15 points 20 points we'll see if that keeps trending upwards so um I think it's going to be an awesome game that I'm out to see on Friday, but I'm going to be picking Ricori. Yep. No, that'll be, that'll be a fun one for sure. And the game that uh, Dave and I will be heading out to is Alexandria at Sock Rapids. Um, those two teams, obviously um, Central Lakes conference opponents. Um, Alexandria is one and one right now. They just finished with a 38 to 20 win against Bemidji last week. Um, and they lost to Hutchinson to start off their season 36 to 20. Hutchinson is the number one team um, in their class. So um, definitely a, a fun one for sure. Um, I know for you, you were over at the Sock Rapids Tech game last Friday to watch that game. Um, maybe just kind of give me your thoughts on what you saw from Sock Rapids as they get ready for these Cardinals. Yeah, well, the intensity was kind of just off the charts to start the game. It it starts with Will White, too, leading the team on the field, leading them to midfield before to warm up. Like, his kind of energy and demeanor, too, just seems to rub off on everyone. I mean, the first drive or two, every single play, someone was screaming, celebrating, yelling, pumping people up. And it helped that, you know, they scored 
the second play of the game on a 70-yard screen pass to Alex Heron, who broke loose, got that touchdown. That set the tone next, you know, three plays later, Jace Volrath picks off a pass, um, kind of diving on third down, and then he catches a touchdown pass so only a few plays later. And it, they just, it just went running from there, basically. Sock Rapids just, as you mentioned the previous week against Sartell, they just kind of were everywhere. Um didn't let any big plays shut down basically everything. We're pretty disciplined too. Um, and created a lot of sacks, a lot of tackles for loss, and just were extremely physical, kind of what you'd expect. They they took care of business right off the bat. Um, like I said, that first quarter, I think it was, you know, they had three touchdowns. They scored a fourth touchdown the first play of the second quarter. And it seemed like they kind of took their foot off the pedal from that point on. Um they did, none of the Sock Rapids starters played in the second half at all, offense or defense, really, um, other than one or two. So um, everyone's going to be really well rested for this Alexandria game. It's back at home again. Um, had a really great turnout. Um, and I know even Coach Klopak, he was saying to his team after the game, I think that this is one of the, the biggest crowds, kind of best crowds they've seen in a while, which was kind of the sentiment it seemed like you got the week before as well. So it seems like people are really ready to be back for football. The, you know, the town's behind them, the school's behind them. Um, and they're doing incredible things. Dominic Mathias, five passing touchdowns um, after he ran in three, didn't throw any the previous week. Now he threw in five. Uh, Alex and Andrew Heron each had two touchdown receptions apiece. Um, everything was rolling. There wasn't much to complain about uh, for Soccer Rapids going into this one. Yeah, I know. I remember Will White just how or how how aggressive he is when he like gets a sack or he gets like a tackle for a loss it's like he won like the you know the world series or the super bowl or something it's just it's fun to watch because it it definitely it definitely hypes up that entire defense um just as much so i think the biggest thing for them is they're gonna have to they're gonna have to do a good job of uh being able to stop carter sten sten stefan smizer um he's He's their quarterback. Um, he also can run it on the ground as well. So, um, and then they have two wide outs with Kelly Johnson and Kristen, Kristen uh, Hoskins as they get ready for this matchup. Those are going to be big players that are um, probably going to excel for Alexandria as they get ready for Friday. But um, overall, I guess as we head into this matchup, um, pick-wise, who are you picking and why? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Sock Rapids, that home field advantage. Um, this will be a really great litmus test for kind of the rest of the season. If Sock Rapids can get it done in this one against someone like Hoskins, who's, you know, Division One commit to the Gophers already as a receiver, you know, someone that is extremely explosive, going to be the best player they'll probably, you know, face for the majority of the season, if not all season um, on offense. That's going to be a great test to see how they try to handle him. Um, Alexandria is a really you know, great program as usual. The Storm were able to upset them two years ago, 26 to 21 at the end of the regular season was the last time they met. So they have had experience, um, you know, a good success against them recently to pull that upset. This one, I don't really know who would be the favorite, just kind of probably Sock Rapids with being 2-0 versus 1-1. and But losing to Hutchinson is no small feat for Alex either. So, um, yeah, a great rivalry game within the Central Lakes um, with other sports as well. They also just played, I believe, yeah, section finals for basketball. A lot of these same guys played each other, too, that Alex won. So a lot of cool storylines going in. But I'll uh, I'll go with the Storm in this one, see if they can continue their, their winning ways. And we will be uh, we will be in the same similar path as uh, Dave and I will be choosing Sock Rapids as well. Um, probably basically for the same reasons. Um, 
Sock Rapids has been looking good these last couple of weeks. From what I saw from Sartell and then kind of how you described the Tech game, it seems like Sock Rapids is on a roll right now. And, I mean, I guess don't <laughs> don't um, keep picking them until something else happens. So, um, But definitely going to be a lot of fun. Um, it'll be a much tougher um, opponent compared to Sartell or Tech. Um, so this will be probably one of their better matchups as they uh, to begin the season. So it should be a fun one to watch for sure. Absolutely. And then what game do we have next, Brian? Brainerd at Sartell. Um, that will be at 7 p.m., another Central Lakes Conference uh, matchup um, over there at uh, Sartell Middle School. Yeah, do you want to talk a little bit about the injuries? I think that's going to be kind of the biggest thing for Sartell heading into this matchup. Yeah, unfortunately, um, Sartell took a little bit of a hit when it comes to their to injuries. Last week, um, Austin Hendricks, he went out of the game with a ankle injury, um, and that was a hard one to take, um, obviously being one of their be- better wide receivers as well as one of their best defensive players. Um, definitely could could see that loss um, take effect against Ricori. And then the biggest injury news is Cole Hentges, their Sart- the Sartell quarterback. He will be out for the season. He broke his collarbone um, on Friday night, got hit kind of awkwardly as he was running and trying to get more yardage. And, uh, yeah, his it's his non-throwing arm, but he will be out for the season as he heals from that. Um, fortunately, I guess the only upside from this injury is that he is a junior, so he does have one more season left and he can play um, next year for his senior year. But definitely, you never want to see some someone get an injury like that ever, um, especially with how passionate he is about the game of football. Yeah, it's it's a tough loss for them. And you know, Anthony Mawald came in um, to kind of spell him. He's a junior that's going to have to be the starter the rest of the way now. And, you know, as someone that's the same age as Cole, probably didn't expect to be, you know, thrust really into that role. But now that's going to be his to take over. So they still have a lot of weapons that we've talked about on here before that um, that offense has that they can go through. I'm assuming they'd kind of focus more on running the ball um, even more in the upcoming weeks with with a new quarterback. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be a whole different um, kind of situation for the Sabres going forward. Yeah, and Brainerd, um, they're one and two heading into or yeah, one and two heading into this matchup. They beat Coon Rapids to start off their season, um, twenty-one to six, and then they lost to Andover and Moorhead. But both Moorhead and Andover are ranked in the top five um, for their respective class. So, I mean, when you lose to them, it's not like a hard loss. It's just you're playing against the best teams in the state. So. Um, I mean, it'll be a different matchup for sure for Brainerd. I'm sure it'll be a little bit of a easier matchup for them compared to playing Moorhead and Andover um, the last couple of weeks. But uh, obviously being on the road is always a tough task um, for any team um, as they get ready for trying to break that two-game losing streak. Yeah, so I'm going to pick Brainerd in this one. Um, as you mentioned, playing pretty well, especially against Moorhead, you know, only – you know, Moorhead was up 21 to 12 at the half, but Brainerd was still able to do some stuff there earlier in the games, keep it competitive. Um, showing that against a team like Moorhead, I think, tells a lot about them. Also having a win this year on uh, zero weeks. So um, I'll pick Brainerd. It might take Sartell a week or two to kind of figure out what their identity is now, what it's going to look like. I don't think it's like, you know, completely like raise the white flag by any means for Sartell. They still have so many good players, but it's just going to take a bit to 
to look around and see what has to happen differently going forward. Yeah, I think the big thing is, is their defense is definitely going to have to step up. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to put as many points on the board as what they could um, when they had Cole Hentges. Um, and the other part is, is, you know, last year they relied on a running game of one person, Ethan Torkelson. He's no longer there. And um, I know, you know, the running back core has been kind of very slowly getting into the system, um, but they had they were able to have that a balance between passing and run. Um, now it's going to seem like the running game is probably going to have to carry it for a little while until Mahold kind of figures out his game and how he's going to attack things. So um, definitely people are going to have to step up and take over positions and such um, as they get ready for this new this new particular offense or this new particular mindset. Um, but yes, Dave and I will be picking Brainerd as well. Um, I guess we all have the same minds as we get into the first three games of this week. Um, but yeah, definitely will be a interesting one for sure. And then heading into the next matchup, Cambridge Isanti at Tech. Um, obviously, we 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 saw how Tech did against Sock Rapids, like you were explaining earlier in the podcast. Um, but maybe kind of talk about what Tech was able to do. Um, I know you talked a lot about Sock Rapids during that time. Um, maybe just give us some takeaways from that Tech game uh, last week. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's hard to to completely know what it looks like because, like I mentioned, Soccer Rapids, they took out their starters in the second half. But um, Tech was able to move the ball a lot better in the second half. Um, they kept a lot of those guys, and I think that will be big for their confidence to see them actually push the ball down the field, score a couple touchdowns. They um, were able to pass the ball a bit more, use the rushing attack to get down, um, get some late scores there in the third and fourth quarter. So, I mean, there is something to build on, putting up 21 points as you know, good no matter what, um, just for for coming along. Um, the big thing is just being able to to do that early against the starters. You know, in a in a game like Cambridge Isanti, who Cambridge they've only put up 14 points so far this year. They're 0 and 2, um, lost 40 to 14 week one and seven nothing last week. So um, one connection that did look pretty good was Garrison Murray to Andrew Gottwalt, the wide receiver. They had a couple nice plays in the first half as well. Was one of the main ways they were able to move the ball. Um, so. I, I think there is, you know, potential there for it to look a bit better this week. Um, you know, two winless teams going against each other, Tech back at home. Um, this will probably be one of their better chances, um, you know, t- to get a win, honestly, and kind of get back on track here in the next couple weeks because um, there's some tough ones coming up ahead. So this is kind of, a, I think, a must win for them if they want to kind of turn around the season. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, for for Dave and I, we're both picking Cambridge Isanti. Um, kind of one of those things where – Cambridge Isanti definitely um, 0-2, but they've faced off against some really tough competition, Elk River being number three um, in Class 5A, um, and then St. Francis just barely losing to them 7 to nothing. Um, so it's kind of, I mean, I don't really know what to expect from Cambridge Isanti because you give up 40 points against Elk River, and then you give up 7 against St. Francis. Uh, don't know what the defense is going to be like. Um, offensively, 14 points in total. So, I, I mean, it could be one of those defensive battles in a low-scoring game. Um, but if it is a defensive battle, Tech could possibly get that victory um, with what they were able to do in that second half. Um, now, granted, they weren't facing off against um, the first team of Sock Rapids. Um, but, yeah, definitely um, picking Cambridge Isanti as we head into this week. I'll mix it up, and I'll pick Tech in this one because um... – they're back at home. 
I think they were able to do some kind of nice. I'm assuming, you know, it was tough for them to run the ball last week against Sock Rapids, but I'm assuming Demarius Fletcher, he might have a couple big more gains like he kind of did against Sartell and against Moorhead. Um, so we'll see if they can get that running game going. If the passing game showed a lot more promise than the previous two weeks, I would say, um, even in that first half. So um, I'll pick texts that were not boring and we pick the same thing the entire time. Because like you said, this game's a really big question mark. And But I think being back at home will be good for him. Definitely. Um, the next matchup, we only have two left. Um, Zimmerman at Cathedral. Um, Cathedral was able to get the 21-6 victory over Foley last week. A really good game for them, both offensively and defensively. Um, Evan Wallen was able to get a 99-yard interception return for a touchdown. Um, also some really good things from Jordan Schumann last week, um, being able to get a couple throw, um, passing touchdowns. So overall, a really good um, thing. I know when we were heading into week two, you were even mentioning you'd wa- you want to see more from Jordan to see what he was capable of doing after watching him on week one. Um, but yeah, I guess overall playing Zimmerman on Friday night, Zimmerman is one and one. They beat Princeton 49 to 40 last week, um, lost to Annandale 29 to 13 in week one. So very high-scoring game last week for the Zimmerman um, Thunder. Kind of give me your thoughts on this matchup. Yeah, it's a little hard to know because, you know, this this was one of the games, obviously, we I wish we could see every game every week, but we can't. So, um, you know, I wasn't able to completely know kind of the, you know, the talent level between Foley and Cathedral, how that looked for the most part. But Cathedral just being able to hold the team to six points, get the job done in big moments on offense, have a, you know, a defensive score that kind of sparked them. And that one, all those are, yeah, really good recipes for success and getting wins. So um, that's exciting to see if you're Cathedral. You know, there's been a couple one-win, zero-win seasons. So to get that one win already in week two against, a, you know, a team that is kind of somewhat a rival in the Granite Ridge that you see a lot, that's um, really good news as well. It's been a couple of years since they beat them. So um, it's really tough early in the season to pick, especially games like this where both teams are one and one They haven't faced similar opponents. We don't know a ton about the opponents. So... Um, this is going to be a tough one. I guess the big thing would just be, um, for them to have success this week, I'd say finding Kellen Kinzer more, even more than he has. He's, you know, found him for a couple of good passes last week as well. Um, him continuing to be a primary option is key and that defense, um, holding tight. Cause they, they did hold tight for long stretches in that first game I saw against new London Spicer, but then just a couple key moments, uh, couldn't get the stop they needed, or it was a penalty or something um, that kind of hindered them. So, uh, Doing that will be big. Um, in this one, I think I'm going to pick Zimmerman just because they've shown they can put up big points like that. Um, it's going to be at St. Cloud State as well, so Cathedral will be familiar territory. Um, if they can get some good weather as well, unlike the first game I saw them, sling the ball around a bit more, um, I think they could make it competitive or or probably even win, but um, I'll pick Zimmerman in this one. Yeah, this one's going to be a little bit of a um, back and forth. Dave is picking Cathedral. I will be picking Zimmerman as well. Um, I think, like you said, a toss-up between one-and-one teams. Um, Could be kind of interesting to see what happens. Um, But overall, I think Zimmerman just putting up 49 points last week is a lot of points. Um, And uh, it'll be tough for Cathedral. So definitely be a close game, but I'm picking um, Zimmerman. So then we go to our last matchup, right, Brian? Yep. Albany at Watertown Mayor. 
So this one, um, I went back to look because, well, one, we were just shocked that Albany lost straight up last week. Um, I know that it was really close. They were able to still, you know, put up four touchdowns, um, do some of the stuff they usually do. But just I believe they didn't score in the second half. Right. Um, So that was that was probably the biggest shocker. They were able to put up a lot of points early, not able to kind of string together any touchdowns in the second half is kind of what hurt them in that one. Um, And, you know, a a team that hadn't lost in a long time um, suffered that early loss. So the the last time I looked, they lost two games in a row. The regular season was 2013, which um, I think I was like a sophomore or junior in high school at the time. So it was, (laughs) that was a long time ago. So basically Albany doesn't lose two games in a row. There's times they lose two games in a regular season, but they don't lose two games in a row. So simply for that fact, no other analysis. <laughs> I'm going with Albany in this one because it's hard to know. Because once again, um, you know, early in the season, uh, don't haven't got to see these teams play a ton. I think we'll be seeing Albany again in the next week or two. Um, I think you will be the following week, actually, against Little Falls. So um, you'll be able to get to see them again, get a little more perception. I still haven't got to see them this year. They're one of the only teams uh, locally that I haven't seen yet. So um it's hard to know, but just the fact this program doesn't lose two in a row, I'll pick Albany in this one. Yeah, I think the big thing is is Carter Beer. Um, I know he w- he went out when in week one um, with a ankle injury. I don't know what his status was last week and how he you know played or anything, but um, if he's healthy, that can be a big factor for them because he's probably one of their top and dominant running backs. Um, for me, Dave chose Albany. Um, for me, I'm going to go with Watertown Mayor. Um, they they got two nice wins against Foley as well as New London Spicer, both on the road as they started the season. Um, New London Spicer, it was they weren't ranked in the top ten, but they received votes to be ranked. Um, just as much as Watertown Mayor, they received some votes as well. Um, Albany is is ranked in the top five right now, so. Um, I don't know. Be it'll be a good matchup. I know that for sure. Um, I just think Watertown Mayor has had a um, a little bit of some momentum with these two early wins against some two very nice um, road opponents. Could could help them as they get ready for this uh, first home opener for Watertown Mayor. Well, that's good. At least the first three games we all picked the same. Last three we all switched it up a little. We're all over the board. So uh, lull you into that and then give you. Um, a little variety is always good with the pick. So, yeah, so it's still it's still pretty close across the board with all this beginning of the season. We'll see kind of how um, it seems like kind of all of us went with kind of one upset pick. So um, we'll see how those pay off for each of us. Definitely. Anything else to add for football? I don't think so. Like we mentioned, I'll be out at Recori Apollo Friday night for that one. Um, if you're going, get there early because it's going to be packed. It's going to be probably a long line to get in. Um, but there should be plenty of seats from what what it looks like but i don't know i'm sure that the entire you know all three towns for record are going to show out for that one so and also having a local team like st cloud apollo come over is cool to to have even more people um they moved the old home section to the visitor side so there'll still be a decent uh visitors uh grandstand as well uh for people to sit and then you're going to be out um seeing soccer rapids host alexandria see if they can move to three and oh so um a lot of good football action on tap this friday but we're going to take a quick break here on the other side. We're going to wrap up the show with um, some prep volleyball, some prep soccer, um, and also a couple college news and notes. So thanks for listening so far, and we will be right back.
And welcome back to the SC Time Sports Report podcast. Like we mentioned, we're going to finish up with a little more prep and college uh, breakdown right now. We're going to do a little soccer first because that's where we both were last night. I was at a doubleheader with Cathedral and St. John's Prep for guys and girls. Um, and you were out at Tech Recory for um, that boys game. Brian, you want to start with your game? Just kind of, um, I know it was close early. Tech kind of poured it on there in the second half um, to kind of create that victory state and a pretty good standing in the conference. Yeah, I mean, a really good matchup between those two, uh, Ricori and Tech kind of being on the front of um, the Central Lakes Conference with Alexandria as well as Brainerd. Um, a little bit of some deja vu for Tech. Um, Tech got the 4 nothing win, but looking back at last year, um, Tech won the first two games, then tied against Brainerd and lost um, against another team. And then they came back and won, I think they went 5-0-1 heading into section play. So this season, they won the first two games, tied against Brainerd, lost against Moorhead, and then they, or Alexandria, sorry, Alexandria. And then this time they got the win against um, Ricori. And so we'll see what happens for the next 10 games, I guess. But a little bit of some deja vu. It was kind of weird looking back at their season. But um, overall, a very explosive um, and balanced team for Tech. Um, Their defense was very strong. They only allowed five shots, and their offense created 32 shots on goal. Um, One of the takeaways from Ricori, their goalkeeper, Luis Lopez, very good. Um, I know they let up four goals, but he had 13 saves and some really big saves, um, diving left and right, up and down. So a really good performance by them, four different individuals getting goals, um, which kind of shows the versatility of that offense for, for the Tigers. Um, but the big one's going to be the that te- Tech and Apollo are going to be playing at Apollo on Thursday night. It's always a fun one um, for them because it's a lot of people that they know um, from the community and such. Uh, and so those ones are always kind of fun. Tech has gotten has had the upper hand over the last five or six years. Um, but obviously, when you go into that game, it's pretty much 0-0. So that'll be a fun one for sure. Yeah, and Apollo, after losing a couple games early to start this year, they got on the right track last night as well. Beat Sartell 1-0. Dylan Coulter got his first varsity shutout and 12 saves. So um, Apollo coming in on kind of good standing for that matchup. So that's good to see as well. I I would expect it to be pretty competitive there as well. Um, A couple other results from last night. Sock Rapids beat Fergus Falls uh, 5-1 with Keegan Pham getting two goals. And then the game I was at, Cathedral versus St. John's Prep. Uh, Cathedral with a 5 nothing win in that one. Um, Zach Plant getting two goals. Chandler Hendricks, Joe Tor- Torberg, and Matthew Winfeld also scoring as well. And Connor Drone with three assists and some amazing passes as well. And, I mean, it started literally off the first kick. Uh, Zach kicked it back to Connor. He literally said, go long. Connor, just beautiful ball over the top of the entire defense. Falls to Zach, beats the goalkeeper. They stopped the clock. It's been 13 seconds. And they're already up one nothing. So um, that was insane to see. He said, you know, he, he's not going to forget that goal. And um, even though St. John's prep had the better chances for probably 15 to 20 minutes after that, um, it seemed like Cathedral kind of scored right away. They're like, okay, this is going to be easy. And then it wasn't really. I mean, they ended up getting a couple more goals, uh, you know, went up three nothing at the half, one five nothing. So they took care of business, but um, there were definitely some scares in there too. St. John's prep showed some nice stuff, but um, the big the big reason I was out there yesterday was to write about um, Zach Plant, who has an incredible story. Last year, he he joined soccer for the first time, had a goal and two assists in his first game. Um, 
and then gets in this ATV accident on Labor Day that he shatters like his whole arm. He has a bunch of surgeries, couldn't play football. He was played football before that, um, played soccer only because football wasn't happening yet. Um, by the time football came back, he was hurt, couldn't play. So missed football season, missed basketball season. It was just this last May, actually, that he could end up um, training again because he kind of had a, to do a, a third surgery where um, kind of a bone graft where they took some bone from his femur because um, the, the arm wasn't healing properly. So um, really cool story. But now he's come back. He's playing. Um, he scored 11 goals in five games for Cathedral. They're four and one. Um, and while he he said he was kind of leaning towards playing soccer more than football, he would have liked to play both, you know, full time if he could. But um, doctors said for football, he couldn't. They didn't want him to do any of the contacts. We can only kick extra points or field goals, not even do kickoffs just because um, the possibility of tackling or getting hit. So um, he's, I believe, three for four in extra points so far this year. He told me the the one that they say missed went in, so I'm gonna take his word for it. Yeah. <laughs> so he's he's off to an incredible start. He had six goals the other week against Melrose when they won like 20 to nothing, and got two again last night. So I mean, he's only played like five or six games of actual varsity soccer, and he's quick, um, good with the ball. Looks like he belongs. So uh, just a really cool story. The story is up um, on sctimes.com now. Um, it's a for subscriber only story, but I would definitely advise you to check it out. Just, you know, other than just coming back physically, kind of um, mental mental health wise has come a long way in that time, because obviously that's a big effect on you. you. I mean, you can still even see physically the scars from it. But, you know, he's really come a long way and adjusted to it. And even spiritually with his faith, it, it's come a long way as well, um, too, and has helped him grow in that aspect. So just a really cool story with that. And it's exciting to to see a high school player come back like that. So, um yeah, I would definitely check it out. Yeah, I know that that story is going to be in Sunday's print um, for Sports CP, which is um, always a fun one um, to have. And um, I know for me, I think the first game I saw Zach and it was like five goals and like three assists. And I'm like, OK, like that's a way to start off the season. Um, and he's just been dominant ever since. So um, definitely happy that he's back on on the field and doing what he loves, especially after that um horrific accident um last year i know it was not an easy one for him and um being able to come back from that and do what he does now is just truly amazing so um a really good find from zach um regarding a feature story and um if you have the time and want to get a subscription that would be a really good story to get a subscription for because we'll have plenty of other subscription stories so you should just keep it i mean why not you know i mean it sounds like a good idea you might as well. And then um, quick before we get to volleyball um, on girls soccer, Sock Rapids Rice won 5 nothing over Ricori. Gabby Fernholz had three goals and two assists. Um, and her sister Maggie had five saves and goal um, to do the shutout. So um, a good tandem by those two in that one. Um, and then Cathedral won 3 to nothing um, over St. John's Prep last night. Peyton Mathiason with two goals and Hope Schuler with a goal too. They, they took care of business pretty early as well to get that win kind of uh, get back on track. They tied Tech not zero to zero um, during the weekend, but were able to get a win again. So they're they're starting to roll a bit as well. And then uh, speaking as well of you know for subscriber only stories, cool feature ideas. Um, I know last Thursday you saw Sartell play uh, for volleyball. They were able to get a win, and also you're able to talk to Avery Templin, who had tore ACL um, the previous year, had to miss a lot of sports as well. Um, you know, kind of similar vein injury. 
Um, this one wasn't, you know, an ATV accident, but it was still an injury nonetheless. And, uh, she's come a long way back to, to be playing again too. Yeah, no, very cool story from Avery and appreciate her talking to me about it because it's never an easy thing to talk about regarding an ACL, but, um, similar story to Zach in, in the sense where, um, she played one game, um, against Alexandria, one match, and then, um, went out to a fall breakdown league cause she also plays basketball. Um, went up for a, a shot and did kind of like a little um, jig jig move or break move and um, her entire knee was just started hurting beyond belief and she knew something was wrong. Um, so she walked off the court, um, got assessed. The athletic trainer there actually told her that it wasn't an ACL. It was just more of a sprain or something. Um, went and got tested some more and after some MRIs and certain things like that, found out that she tore ACL and she was done for the season, not only for the volleyball season, but for the basketball season too, which was heartbreaking for her because those are the two sports that she really loves. She used to do track, but then she kind of dropped out of it because she wanted to focus more on these two sports. Um, So a lot of it was just PT rehabbing, um, trying her best to get through, you know, those two seasons. But on top of it, she learned a lot. She watched a lot of the matches from the bench and um, also from the basketball games. And she did a really nice job of just getting her IQ up. Now she kind of has a rhythm. She knows how people play. Um, She learned from other different or from other players so she can kind of make a new style for her and and be able to be a dominant player. Um, Last year, Avery was their libero for, um, for the volleyball season. This year, she's not only libero, she's everything. I mean, she goes all around the court. Um, she's a good hitter. She's a good defensive player. She has a really good IQ for, um, for volleyball and, and being on the court, um, from their, from her head coach. And so, I mean, that, that just was due to the fact that she was able to watch everything. So, um, she's very excited to get back. She was jumping for joy. She has a really big brace on her, on her knee, but it doesn't really, she doesn't mind it. The only thing that she doesn't like is that when she slides to try and get a ball, she goes, it kind of is bothersome because you have this giant brace on your knee. Um, but other than that, she's really enjoying it. And as for figuring out whether or not volleyball or basketball is her favorite sport, her favorite sport is whatever sport she's in currently. So I guess we will never know what her favorite sport is. Um, but um, overall, a really good start for Avery. She's going to be one of the leaders for not only the volleyball team, but also the basketball team. Um, and she's just excited to get back for her junior year, um, as she gets ready for that upperclassman, um, couple of years. Yeah. And, you know, Sartell as well, they're sitting near the top of the conference. Um, they were able to also get a bunch of non-conference wins at a tournament over the weekend. So, um, they're coming along pretty well. Um, they're also, they just beat Apollo, um, three sets to none on Monday, um, to get a win too. So, uh, you know, pretty pretty good start to them for the year. I know they, they kind of had a, an early loss and they're still trying to find their way with a lot of new pieces, but uh, it seems to be going pretty well for the Sabres. Definitely. And and Tuesday night was a big night for a lot of local teams. Ricori got a three to one victory against um, tech. Uh, some really good performances by Michaela winter and Ava, Ava Hirschfield as their as both of them are setters for the Spartans. Um, like you said, Sartell was able to get a three, nothing victory against um, Apollo Aubrey Flynn, their libero, had 21 digs. Um, Sock Rapids had a three-to-nothing victory against Fergus Falls. Um, Albany and Little Falls. Albany was able to get a three-to-one victory against Little Falls. Um, 
Kendall Berman was able to get 31 set or set assists as well as 11 digs. That's kind of their main setter nowadays. So um, a good performance by her. And then finally, Cathedral was able to get the three nothing victory against Piers. Um, Kayla Sexton had 16 kills and 11 digs, as well as um, Eleanor Pelzel um, had 10 kills and 10 digs, and then um, Caitlin Voth had six kills and two digs. So um, some really good sweeps by some of the teams, and then some nice victories overall by all of the teams in the local area. So um, volleyball is definitely a sport that's uh, popular around here, and it's showing as they as they continue on with their success early on in the season. Absolutely. So that that's kind of all the preps um, that we'll talk about today as well. A couple college things to mention. Um, St. Cloud State for men's and women's D1 hockey is coming up way faster than um, even I thought, you know, looking at stuff. Um, you know, the women already have an exhibition against Bemidji coming up in just a week or two. Men start uh, September 1st. Um, against St. Thomas, and then they're going to be playing on a Saturday, and then they play at XL Energy Center um, against St. Thomas on a Sunday. So I know a lot of people are excited about that. That'll be a big high-profile game with St. Thomas's first Division One games, and Huskies coming off a national runner-up finish. So that's going on. We have St. John's football as well. Um, they're back. They had a bye week. They're home against Martin Luther this week, and then we'll face a ranked Bethel team the following week. That'll be a huge kind of first. Um, my act test and for the Johnnies right now, I'm working on a story about, um, their senior defensive lineman, uh, Colin Franz, who is just a kind of crazy story. So he's a full-time teacher, Spanish teacher in Sartell at the middle school and also teaches at the high school and then literally goes in as a football player afterwards, um, after like a six, seven hour school day. Um, he still had a year of eligibility left cause he graduated last spring, finished doing teaching last spring. He also student taught at Sartell High School, so that kind of led him to to working at the middle school as a Spanish teacher. And uh, yeah, teaching kind of runs in his family. He has a cool story there. And then also just, I mean, the amount of time commitment, juggling all of that in a first year of teaching is kind of incredible. And the fact that he also was the one week one that came up with the forced fumble at the one yard line to win the game. You know, sometimes stories like that, they kind of just all come together perfectly. And uh, he's just an incredible leader for the team as well as a, as a senior D lineman and uh, expect big things from him from the rest of the year too. But it's, it's crazy to, to think that can even happen, but that's kind of how weird COVID was that weird things like that can be. And I'm guessing he's great in papers in between water breaks and uh, halftime half times and such things like that. I'm guessing so, so he, and <laughs> he has to take, uh, you know, he has to take six credits to be a, a student as well, um, mm-hmm. you know, or, work towards credits that kind of would help his teaching as well. So I know he's taking a, a night class for three hours a week on Wednesdays for um, a psychology class. And I think a couple online classes all doing this. I don't know. That sounds so exhausting, but um, even just writing about it, I'm like, man, that's a lot of work. Like, how do you do you're gonna, that? You're going to need like 2000 words just to describe what his yes. daily routine is, not even like go into the depth of it. So exactly. Expect so. a 4,000 word story by Zach on Monday, I think, or something. So that'll be good. So. Yeah, so that's that's coming <laughs> along as well, um, and they'll they'll be playing Martin Luther. Try to move to two and zero. The Johnnies are. I think they slipped one spot to seventh ranked during the bye week, but um, still one of the top teams in D three, and, and they'll get to try to prove it again on Saturday. And then um, besides that, not too. I guess not any two other huge pressing issues. Also, St. Cloud State. They're going to start having a lot of home games as well as St. Ben's, St. John's. A lot of their teams have kind of 
been at the road, been at tournaments to start the year, but a lot of them are going to be playing um, back in the area uh, significantly coming up here in the next couple weeks in, into October. So, yeah, a ton going on. Um, make sure to kind of just continue to check sctimes.com for, for all our high school and all the college stuff now coming up as well. Um, it's a busy time, but there's so much to write about that um, we don't mind the problem. And then uh, I guess lastly as well, I'm going to uh, the St. Cloud Tech College. They have volleyball tonight. Uh, they've won five in a row have a couple local players as well on that team that's uh, doing big things too. So that's where I'll be out uh, here on Wednesday night. And for me, I'll be out at Albany and Cathedral slash St. John's Prep um, tomorrow night for girls swimming and diving. That's going to be over at St. John's University. Um, First time that I get to be in that pool um, since they were over at St. Cloud State last year due to COVID. Um, So that'll be a lot of fun to, to go see them compete against two local teams um, and then, like we said, Friday night, I'll be over at Alexandria and Sock Rapids game. Um, and then Saturday, I don't, there's no home games for um, any of the high school sports. So I'll be working on some stories, but plenty of stories coming your way. We got plenty of stuff from Thursday night as well as even tonight a little bit. Um, and then Friday, we'll have plenty of football coverage for Friday coming, going into football and Saturday after football. So, um, plenty of stuff coming your way, so make sure to keep sctimes.com on, on your radar um, for the weekend. Yeah, and like I mentioned, I'll be at that Johnny's game on Saturday, um, Recory Apollo Friday, and then um, Apollo Tech Girls Soccer um, on Thursday night. We talked about the boys playing each other too, but the girls, um, that's always a really competitive game as well. So um, I'll be at that one tomorrow night. And then um, – think that will make six games in five days and then i will uh i'll enjoy the weekend let's put it that way (laughs) (laughs) definitely i think that about wraps it up for today's show so once again thank you for uh tuning in to the sc time sports report podcast and we will see you again next time